It's great. <laughs> I'm glad we have your wife there to heckle you for us, Jack. Because that was a very thorough, very nerdy response, and I love it. Yeah. I absolutely love it. That was a beautiful yeah. response. All right, hello and welcome to episode eight of Couch Co-op. We're going to start off this session here with going over which games we've been playing currently for the past two weeks. Jack, let's start with you. Where are you playing currently? Well, with our topic today, uh, which I won't spoil on, but I am excited for, uh, I did finish Cube 2, which is a uh, was a really well-made puzzle game. Uh, un- uninventive, didn't really have anything new or fresh to say but uh really well well crafted puzzles good visuals um and since then i have not been able to find a game i've jumped from pac-man to uh all sorts of random crap dreams and concrete uh genie something yeah uh and i'm finally found uh darkest dungeon which i've actually got some uh hopes for i played a couple hours of darkest dungeon last uh, two nights ago and it seems like it could be pretty damn fun very cool dave what about you what have you been working on these past two weeks um still working on god of war um currently on like the last two trophies so i pretty much just have to get all the um all the favors for Sindri and nephilheim and then go fight the last valkyrie i'm doing it on easy you guys can kiss my ass I don't want to get through this, um, but I'm looking forward to the next game, which is called the one, one, uh, the wonderful 101 uh, remaster, which is from uh, a Nintendo uh, handheld game, and it's just been brought up to PS4. So it's pretty much my target game. Next, nice. what about you, Matt? Right now, I'm still playing Ghost of Tsushima. Um, I'm probably a little more than a third of the way through it. Um, I think I've passed the point where I'm competing with Jack for trophies now. So um, it's I'm nerding out on it. I, it really reminds me of the old movies I used to watch with my grandma when I was a kid. So um, it certainly has portions of it that are pretty repetitive. I can definitively say that it didn't deserve Game of the Year compared to Last of Us 2. Um, I know that that was a big old controversy on certain subreddits out there, but um, it, it's a great game. It's just not to that tier. So that's what I'll say about it. Um, it is, I believe <clears throat> the creators of the game uh, went to Akira Toriyama's like um, kin and asked for permission for uh, the black and white grain because they they totally designed that game based around Akira Toriyama. And so, um, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, What do you think about, like, they have many bosses throughout the game, right? Like special guys that you got to face off against? Yeah. Like, like, are those fun for you or? The one thing I like about them is that they limit what you can do against them. Like you can't throw like your... um, knives at them you can't like use explosives like you have to actually fight them in combat with your sword which is cool okay um 
the thing about it too that i like is a lot of them have almost like a supernatural element to it like the whole point of that game is like it maintains that it's not like a dark souls where or Sekiro, which is more obvious comparison where like you know there's all sorts of fireballs and weird shit like it's it's very historically accurate to that time period of combat um and having the supernatural element just makes it a little more interesting like kind of hint alluding to like ghost stories and things like that so um i really appreciate that i would say um it reminds me you know many ways gameplay wise to a game called neo um i played through the first one i and beat that but i never played the second one but um neo is shares a lot of similarities but neo is a very f- leans super heavy into the supernatural cosmic garbage so um this one just is a toned down serious version and very cool very fun uh, and i really think the kurosawa element to it like with the duels and all that is awesome but um yeah it's it's probably a solid nine and then you have last of us two which is the 10 so yeah i uh going through god of war on easy has uh like pretty much allowed me to like feel comfortable going anywhere throughout the game and I feel like that the strength of that game is also the lore behind it and the stories and then also fighting the Valkyries and kind of understanding what they're all about you know so um, I felt like doing that allowed me to explore more of the game which my always ranking for the most of the game was eight almost a nine where I bumped it up to a nine like and probably could be a ten if I felt like the action was a bit more fun for me. So did you ever play any of the other uh, previous entries in the God of War series? No, no, this is my first. Uh, Jack, did you ever play any of them? Uh, I think I played God of War 2, uh, PlayStation 2, and I liked it and it got I got about halfway through it and it like glitched out and I couldn't get past a certain area because of a glitch. And back then, I mean, it wasn't like today where you just, there's ways around that, you know. Uh, so I never finished it. Uh, yeah. Well, the only reason I ask is I, one thing I thought was super cool with the Valkyries is um, it definitely encourages you to use the Blades of Chaos, which are the weapon that's so synonymous with Kratos as a character. And don't get me wrong, the Leviathan Axe is fucking badass. Like, that was a really cool element they introduced, but it's also really cool to be forced to rely on the other weapon that was so innovative when it came out where just, you know, blades flying all over the screen and fire and all these crazy elements to it. So um, highly recommend that as you're going through the Valkyries to uh, try those out. And uh, once I got the blade sets, all I played with exclusively, to be honest. Super Um, cool. Yeah. I'll switch to the ax just to get extra special shots in you know, to like chain combo, but yep. I mostly only use the blades to fight just because they're so cool, you know, like, and they're, they've got like a really good, like close range to mid range attack. So it just allows me to, to feel really cinematic swinging those things around, you know, so. Way cool. Yeah. All right. So we've been keeping occupied with that, but this topic we're about to delve into is something completely removed from the games Dave and I have been playing. Uh, Jack, why don't you tell our audience what we're going to be covering this episode? Oh, thanks, Matt, because I am excited. Uh, we're doing um, favorite in-game puzzles. 
this this week, which uh, is near and dear to my heart because, um, as I've spoken about many times on this podcast, the, the puzzle genre of video games is one of my favorites, and I'm pretty sure this was a uh, sympathy pick by Matt and Dave to ensure I attended this week's podcast. Um, <laughs> But uh, yes, I am. I'm really excited to nerd out to this. And uh, thanks, gentlemen. Oh man, we got to throw you a bone, baby. Even been... <laughs> <laughs> way cool. Well, we appreciate having you aboard to kind of guide this one because uh, I can tell you right now, my picks are comical in comparison to <laughs> what you're gonna come up with, Jack. <laughs> um, so with that, why don't we get started, Jack? Why don't you lead us off? I'm curious to see what your first selection. All right. Well, um, I'm totally going to hijack this podcast for the next 30 seconds. I'm giving you guys my pantheon of puzzles, uh, my seven favorite puzzle games of the last 10 years. Uh, And I'll start with my favorite, uh, and that's uh, Catherine. And then moving down the list, I got the Talus Principle. We're going to go to uh, we're going to go to Portal 2, which is a really popular game. I got Braid, Limbo. And uh, The Witness, and finally finishing off with the game I played last, uh, Return, Return of the Obra Dinn. Uh, and I just wanted to just wanted to lay that on you because I know we're not going to do another puzzle podcast. So I had to get it out there. <laughs> I had to get it out there. Um, so going back to that list, um, my first pick of the week is going to be uh, a, a puzzle Uh, It's actually a level uh, from Braid, uh, which was a game that came out 11 years ago today. Um, It was really the first indie game um, that I played. Uh, It completely changed the way, led me into playing Limbo and from there into a million other different games. But um, the puzzle dynamic that I am speaking of is uh, in Braid, every different level you play, you manipulate a different time in a different way. And as you get deeper into the game, it gets more complex. And in level five, it gets to a point where you basically what happens is you spend about 15 seconds you have to complete a task. And then you rewind time and a shadow of what you just did goes and does exactly what you just did while you yourself can uh, operate independently of that shadow and accomplish something else at the exact same time. So um, there's a ton of really complicated ways that uh, Jonathan Blow manipulates this to create some really brilliant puzzles. But the easiest way to explain it is if you think about Mario Brothers, you're a 2D scroller and you've got a Goomba coming at you. Well, what he does is he takes, um, what you do is you, you spend your 15 seconds, you set yourself up um, and there's a ledge you can't get to, it's too high. So you set yourself up to, so the Goomba actually jumps on you. And when it jumps on you, just as in a uh, Mario game where you would jump on a Goomba and you bounce up. Instead, the Goomba bounces up on you. But meanwhile, you've rewinded time. So while your shadow's doing this, the Goomba jumps up, bounces off your head, and you jump on the Goomba after it ricochets up in the air, which gives you that extra bounce you need to get to the uh, level above. Um, That's probably the simplest puzzle uh, using that dynamic, but uh, it kind of paints a clear picture of how it works. To your credit, you did recommend this one to me 11 years ago. And so I'll say your list was very consistent. Like every one of these games you have mentioned to me, except for I think number six, um, in some capacity of trying to recommend it to me. Um, And 
for the most part, I've blatantly ignored you, but <laughs> I can appreciate a passion for a genre that I'm not nearly as interested in because it certainly opens up my eyes and horizon to this. Dave, being a guy who plays games a bit more mindless and hacky and grindy on my level, what did you pick for your first century? Uh I went with a game that I played back in my youth called Landstalker on the Sega Genesis. And this is an action game true to my nature, but there is a level where you go into a castle and the game is called Landstalker, the treasure of King, um, King Noel, I believe. And um, pretty much it's an interesting level because <clears throat> some of the puzzles you always start off with a, uh, like a four to five like line uh, poem or description about what's gonna happen and then the puzzle kicks off. And I recall as a kid and especially in an action game that's one of the last isometric action games that these puzzles were nerve wracking. And I'll give you an example of one of them. Um, so uh, puzzle number four is called Maria Hysterica and you get a note that you read and it goes, Maria was a jealous wife. She threw the pots and pans. I think she even took a life with the boulder in her hands. Now, after that happens, uh, some bad guys drop down. But the thing is, you normally would go to attack them, but you'll fail the puzzle if you swing your sword just once in this room. So it's a matter of like waiting 15 to 20 seconds for another event to happen before you can continue on with the puzzle. So um, this castle is filled with a lot of these, but some of them require you to attack uh, certain things in certain orders. Like one of them is uh, a black skeleton will drop down and then three white ones. And you got to kill the black one first before you can kill the three white ones. But the three white ones are all over you while you're trying to try to get the black one. So, I mean, in a sense, that's a puzzle because you're just constantly going to go after the white skeletons. So... Uh, really interesting uh, puzzles to be thrown into an action game. And, you know, through my youth, I never got through them all. But, you know, this is something I was just, uh, I was just looking up and I recalled it as a kid, you know, being like, okay, yeah, I recall this level and the puzzles in it being pretty interesting, especially uh, for what it was. I mean, normally you attack everything in this game, uh, you collect the, the treasure and then you move on with the story. But here it was, like not swinging your sword or perhaps not jumping down on the switch. Like one of them, you got to wait for the switch to drop. You pick up the switch <clears throat> and then move it to another part of the room before you jump on it. And <clears throat> it, it kind of just in the poem, it gives you a hint about that. But, uh, you know, you just, if you're not paying attention to it, you're never going to pick up on it. So, um, yeah. Way cool. Uh, actually, I had a game too from the Sega Genesis era. Um, that I was going to pick and again my selections are not nearly as complex as what Jack has in store for us but uh, my first one was a perfect example of how our childhoods were just constantly us being punished for being interested in things and that was the X-Men game for Genesis where you know it stars the coolest characters around you know the Marvel X-Men right you know everyone wanted to play this it was out in the arcades it was great well they poured a version to the Genesis where it was extremely hard. Nobody could really beat any of the levels. Super on, hard. 
Yeah, but on top of that, they have to fuck with you by adding this one puzzle to the game. It's the second to last, after you beat the second to last boss, uh, it's Mojo in his chair, big fat Mojo or whatever. Practically impossible to kill him, but you know, there's always some guy online who proves that you can do it easily using the same jump kick move over and over. Regardless, you beat Mojo, you move forward, and then all of a sudden the screen starts flashing and saying, reset the computer, reset the computer. And mind you, this is a, an old cartridge game. Like, there's no password. There's no save element to it. So you're freaking out, not knowing what to do. And it turns out the way you advance to the last level of this game, you have to actually press the reset button on the console. But not too hard. If you press it too hard, it does a full hard reset and completely eradicates your entire game. You have to just barely tap the reset button. So, Yeah. You imagine the poor kid, the one kid who managed to make it all the way to this stupid end boss gets stuck on this thing and is freaking out because you've looked all over the whole screen trying to find the area where you can say like, you know, okay, this is where I advanced. This is the switch I hit. This is how I reset the computer. But no, they don't give you that option. You literally had to think, oh, let me press the reset button on my console and at the risk of giving up all that time it took to get here. So... That to that, me is a puzzle worth mentioning just for game, how heinous and fucked it is. That game was hard. Um, I had a friend, Scott, who was generally like the big gamer on in the friends group and was good at this kind of stuff. And this game, uh, he pulled the game out of the Genesis before turning the power off and all that stuff. <laughs> he like literally <laughs> ripped it out of his life and threw it out of his window. <laughs> it's just like i'm done playing Deal. this game the, the game was hard like side scrolling hard um was it you could be wolverine nightcrawler gambit um, and yeah cyclops cyclops was a, yeah was this an arcade game no. no it came out around the same time though and the arcade game was incredibly straightforward and fun and easy and it was a blast to play with your friends but then this is the shit you got for your birthday. And it was a <laughs> fucking nightmare. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. No. Um, and it was two player, right? Yeah. I believe so. Yeah. 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 I recall using Nightcrawler quite a bit on that game. But uh, I never got to Mojo. My friends, I don't, I can't remember if that was the part that you got frustrated on. But like I said, he literally ripped it out of his powered up console which I'm pretty sure is a big no-no for back in the day. I was going to say, though, just how fucked is that pre-internet? Like, the thought of, like, having a puzzle so dastardly that it's like you press the, like, one button that's, like, off limits when you're playing the game. Like, yeah. And again, it's it's a pressure-sensitive one. If you press it too long, it completely hard resets everything. So you have to just gently tap it, and then it just blips to some like system restore screen and pops you up to the last boss or whatever. So that's that's just a giant F you from <laughs> That's that's some money making shit where they're like, now you gotta call the hotline number and pay like fifty cents to a dollar oh. to get the answer. <laughs> like I can't get past this part. Oh, just lightly tap reset. Don't don't touch it too hard. Now pay me. Now pay me. I think you may be onto something too. And they all talk very slow and deliberate as you're paying by the minute. All right. So childhood trauma aside, Jack, what do you have for number two? 
Uh, my number two is from the Talus Principle, which is um, a first-person uh, puzzler, a lot like uh, Portal 2 or a standard uh, first-person shooter as far as viewpoint. Uh, but the Talus Principle is all about um, basically solving very uh, well, just like amazingly constructed puzzles. There's not like anything super creative about it. In fact, they do steal the exact same mechanic that I explained from Braid uh in my last answer uh, but the whole game you're just going through solving puzzles there's not a whole lot of storyline to it you keep answering these random questions that are basically like testing your independent thought uh, and as you move on through the game you realize that you're you're a robot and this godlike presence is 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 trying to um question you and and try and get you to obey um and then you get to this point where you're not, there's, there's multiple ways you can finish the game. Um, but the true ending is you go up this tower and you disobey the God presence that's been telling you not to go up this tower the whole game. And so you do. And um, the whole game you're by yourself just solving these puzzles. And then all of a sudden there's these two NPC characters. Um, and one of them's a robot that's, that's trying to independently work with you to help you escape. And the other is trying to shut you down. And you're solving these puzzles within these two robots. And it's, it's just really cool. It really changes the pace. And it also, it just blows the whole uh, plot line of the game wide open. And it, it just adds like a, a completely different uh, element to, to the plot line, the narrative of the game. And it, it, it's just awesome to play through it. Um, I was going to say that reminds me very much of a game. I know I've mentioned the both um, Soma and that um, game has a, I guess technically it is a puzzle, but really what it comes down to, like the plot of the game being that you awaken and you're in this undersea uh, landscape or whatever, I guess, uh, laboratory, basically. And as you progress through the game, you start to realize that your whole conscious has been put into the body of a robot, more or less. And as you continue to progress through the game, it, it keeps testing you morally to see how you respond to things kind of with armed with this knowledge. And there's a particular section that doesn't give too much away, but essentially you're forced to, you need to basically pull power from two robots. And there's one that's this cute little like Zeppelin looking thing that's been floating around and following you around like a little puppy. It makes all these cute little squeaky noises the whole time. And then there's another one that's the same body, but it's clearly another person that's been put into it. Only the person's completely unaware to the fact that they're in this robotic body and they're just kind of going in a big circle, repeating the same stuff over and over and over again. And you're kind of forced to determine, like, you're going to have to, like, pull energy from one of them. And, you know, it's like, basically, do you, do you hurt the person you know is a person or you hurt this robot that's treating you like an animal, essentially? So really messes with your head a bit. And, and you know, it again, super simple puzzle, but definitely for whatever reason, the way you describe that really reminded me of that game. Dave, what do you have for you, number two? Super Puzzle Fighter 2. Oh, um, yeah. Which, uh, when I first played it, like, I pretty much, my friends and I, like, competed. But when I played Jack, he destroyed me consistently. And um, I got my friend Brian, who was, like, not into video games, but he loves puzzles as well in general in life. And we sat down and played that and he got really good at the game. 
So after that, I stopped playing it because now Jack and my friend who didn't play video games were like crushing me at this game. But um, the game's a lot of fun in the setup in, in that you got colored blocks that are either like a full solid color or uh, mix and matched. And the whole point is to try to set up these blocks so that when you get a certain block that detonates all these, that you set up these wicked chain combos and it works as a falling situation. So say you got like a block of red that's mixed in with some green and blue, um, you're ideally gonna wanna set it up so that like the red, you know, or the green or the blue will detonate and then the blue will collapse down on the right block. And then that will set off a chain reaction that will drop the block onto the red that will set that off. So really thinking ahead is how you win that game as opposed to like, we're in Tetris, you know, like you set up maybe five blocks and then you let it go. Like in Super Puzzle Fighter 2, it was advantageous for you to like get really risky. And if you're comfortable with the game, you could definitely, um, destroy your opponent and jack probably has better insight into that than i do i just thought it was a lot of fun um, i think you actually described the strategy perfect is that you just want to build up these huge veins of like and then just blow them all at the same time because I was gonna say, uh, the dynamic of the game is that you're dropping puzzle pieces on the other person's screen so if you have a huge vein you can set off at the same time it shocks them because all of a sudden their entire screen is full of bullshit I was just going to say, like, I've honestly, the past few times I've played that game, I've always been trying to beat it with Dan, um, where the thing with Dan is that he only drops red blocks. So yeah. once you start dropping stuff, like, you pretty much have a very limited window before your opponent just destroys you. So. <laughs> but uh, I, would, I used the secret character, uh, Akuma, and that's still... Even though Jack was like, oh, that's cheap, he still always managed to wreck my ass. So it, like, it threw me off for a while, but then I just eventually you figure out what he drops and you can just work around it. Uh, yeah. I'm so, so glad you introduced me to that game. That was, that was so much fun. Um, yeah, I'm glad you had fun with it. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were pretty competitive in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, maybe like the first week. <laughs> yeah, like... that was you know that was a good week. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that that game was great fun, and I love the GB style like characters from Super Street Fighter. So that was pretty fun to watch. But yeah, that was my probably second on the list. That's definitely like one of the reasons I still have my PlayStation Three sitting in the closet. Because one day I want to. If they don't, if they don't put it out for you know the next system, I want to be able to go back to that at some point. I do love that game, so great choice, Dave. Yeah. Um, I again, puzzle games aren't really my forte, so I'll go back again to another uh, one from childhood that really stuck with me. Um, that would be the first Legend of Zelda, the uh, Lost Woods or the Forest Maze, which is essentially just a section of the game where it just keeps repeating over and over unless you go through the proper sequence. Very simple puzzle. Like you have to go, I believe it's like up, left, down, up or something along those lines. And what makes me remember this so much is just like, it's again, pre-internet. So it's from an era where I have no fucking clue how I figured out this puzzle. And I'm sure it was either on the playground talking to some kid about the game or 
renting the game and somebody had written in the actual notes portion of the manual um there is a character like a merchant in the game that will sell you um the proper um directions to go through the maze um but even that's actually a puzzle in it that you can either offer her 10 30 or 50 rupees and if you offer 10 or 50 you don't get a response you only get the answer if you pick 30 which again like not really something that you would do as a kid, like thinking like, oh, I'll just pick each option. Like, no, you pick one and assume that they're going to give you the answer. So um, again, I very well conceived puzzle, kind of neat to experience, you know, in hindsight, that betrayal <laughs> by a video game <laughs> and that, you know, it isn't just directly like, you know, Mario, just keep going right and you'll figure it out. <laughs> like it pretty much like was meant to torment you and yeah, I, I thought for an, an era where technology wasn't that great, and obviously now we're so used to these expansive 3D worlds, it's kind of neat to think that they replicated that by just making this simple loop thing that unless you followed the proper path, you didn't escape. So There was there was all sorts of video games that used to do that, and it, it was really frustrating if you weren't like, if you didn't have like a group of friends, which I, I didn't have a group of friends who played Nintendo games, so... I remember like I love the Adams family game on the original Nintendo but you get to like this weird like house that you have to navigate through and you have to do all these twists and turns I must have gotten there like 50 times and I could never get through the damn thing and I, I that's one of those games I feel like I'm gonna have to watch a replay of on YouTube just because I'm sure it was something super simple and just I never figured out as a stupid kid so it's just gonna frustrate me it's it very much like the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles puzzle we talked about Dave where it was just like something you just walk across but we all spent our, dedicate our childhood <laughs> trying to make this little jump so hey, I didn't dedicate shit I just moved on to a different game <laughs> um, I I have a switch with uh, Breath of the Wild, Matt. So uh, if there's ever some point where you want to come swoop by and pick that up, uh, they have some pretty solid puzzles in that game. I didn't get too far into it, but I think uh, there are some like physics-based puzzles that you could do in that game. Was there, Jack? Because it's I mean, really simple, but um, it's it's fun because it's such a change of pace and what you're doing throughout the most of the game. So while they're not like anything complicated, um, it's just kind of a cool little like, oh, you're doing this all of a sudden. Yeah, but they're all like physics-based, like injecting kinetic energy, um, but also like pausing time so that you can like load it up with X amount of energy and then jump on it and use that as an object to get you, propel you to some other spot. So, I mean, I think in that sense, like uh, watching some people like, speed run through parts of that game it's kind of in a sense a puzzle you know so but like i said matt if you have any interest in that game i, I oh man i mean i'm sure you've heard this a million times before but it's it's one of my favorite games of the, the last few years i've heard nothing but great things about it and you know i admittedly have not played nearly enough of that series so it's um, the only zelda game i've played really uh yeah yeah, I think I've only beaten one on a Game Boy once. Like, I never made it through the original. I never made it through the N64 Ocarina of Time, which is supposed to be one of the best games ever. So um, I might hold you up to that, uh, Dave. We'll see how it goes. Um, maybe when this pandemic finally ends. But Way cool. All right, Jack, what did you have for number three? Uh, 
uh, I'm going to go back to a game I spoke of at length last week. Uh, I already, already uh, covered Chainsaw Baby at length, so I got to find a new, a, a different scene from from the game I, my favorite puzzle game of all time, Catherine. But um, uh, there is a level uh, outside of the main storyline in that. It's just like a challenge mode, and the game is basically um, you're climbing a tower of of blocks. It's like a two point 5d um um uh, platformer kind of you're not jumping but you're pulling out blocks you're shifting blocks and you're you're doing it all to create a um a tower that you climb up and and there's this challenge mode called manier and you just climb up like this 180 freaking block tower it's insanely challenging um and um freaking weeks of of playing this shit like not you know I, I play other stuff too but weeks of trying to I, I get like 12 flights away I can see the door the bell is ringing I'm there and I get completely stuck and just out of like desperation I started pushing blocks to just it, it's it's one of the strategies in the game is you actually push blocks out so that you stuff falls down and you can create a new pathway and I'm, I'm going to die any moment. The, the floor is coming up to kill me. And I'm just desperately pushing out blocks. And I look up and I realize that the door is just falling down to me. And <laughs> basically like this insanely hard challenge that I've spent weeks on. I just fucking pushed all the blocks off. And the door <laughs> just magically fell into place in front of me. And I was like, doo, 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 doo. and so like, if you go on the leaderboards, like, I have like one of the lowest scores possible for completing that level. Everybody else made it up to the normal level, and I just cheated my way out of the last 12, 12 flights, but I fucking did it. <laughs> Two greatest words in the English language default, default, default. <laughs> When in doubt, just push the blocks out. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Dave, you have anything on par with that? Find your way to skip into the completing. I just, I I don't have, I just don't play that many puzzle games. And I got to say that, like, I finished Catherine because it is such a great puzzle game. Um, I think on top of that, the whole storyline like was really riveting to me i thought it was hilarious for one and it's got like a very adult spin to it but the the puzzle aspect was something i just had never come across in my life before and it's so different and so um original like it really is like um there's probably games that that game's been based off of and i just don't know them but like just having to shuffle blocks up a tower and you can like pull push or like push out or like some of them crumble or some of them will like bounce you up a few levels. Um, and there's just so many different ways to solve it that that whole game for me was like probably arguably the best puzzle game I've ever played in my life just because I normally do not like puzzle games. And that was a game where I sat down and spent hours, you know, just working on one level to the point where I was even live streaming and Jack was watching my live stream, you know, and granted there's like about three second difference, but you know, it was pretty fun where he was like, okay, why did you do it that way? And he's like, you got up there, but he's like, I would have done it this way, you know? So it was definitely a sense of 
okay, the approach. And there was a level I got stuck on and I was able to memorize going up to about like the last part. And then I would just, I kind of solved it by luck. I think I, I pushed some blocks out here and I got lucky on a few turns and it just popped up. But Catherine is the best puzzle game I've ever played in my life. Um, and the whole game is based off of a puzzle. So it wasn't just like one level in an action game or it wasn't like super, uh, super puzzle fighter too, where you're playing a human, you're playing a really challenging concept which is like the epitome of a good puzzle game, you know, gets you to think, you know, outside of the box. So uh, kind of cheap having to write off of Jack's like selection there. But I mean, I just feel like that's. No, man, you're, you're honoring my selection. Like I said, that's, that's also my favorite puzzle game of all time. And I've probably played, I've, I've finished, you know, 30 to 40 console puzzle games in the last 10 years. And, and that's the one that just really, you know uh well i I, pl I beat it on playstation 3 and then when it came on playstation 4 they they did like a remix level and i freaking went back and i i beat the shit out of that game um yeah certain things I couldn't I, I couldn't beat the last two uh levels of the of the um the the challenge uh levels uh uh but for the most part i crushed that game i beat every single level on hard without dying or without um with with getting gold and um i just love that game it's so much fun and it's so creative and and just um one of the experiences that was really cool was with me you and dan just trading off the controller um because one it was like we got to watch each other like go through all these different puzzles and like you know be impressed by each other. but also like the decision making you had to do at the end of the levels or they ask you relationship questions and we are just so different the three of us like in all the different ways we look at relationships so it was always just a, a really funny experience like having dan you know <laughs> have his weirdo answer and plumber do his weirdo answer and me do my weirdo answer and i was it was just a, it was it was a good it was a good bonding experience i'm sure yeah. someday somebody will mod it with pokemon or whatever and then i may get to experience this game too so then i'll share your excitement for it well, uh zp started playing it after he broke up with his lady of like his long distance uh a long long-term girlfriend and he got like super into it and he was you know he's choosing all the people asshole it, it, that just is so much fun you know that that game uh I've, I've started some of the puzzle games like uh, over Dan. I played some Braid, but I remember like coming into your, or sitting down in your apartment and watching you play. And I was like instantly interested in that game. So yeah, Catherine, great game. Matt, I'm, I'm pretty much on the verge of willing to buy it for you. I'll send you a, a PlayStation gift card and you should just pick it up and play it because I really think you'd enjoy it. Um, you're not in the puzzle games, I think, in the same way I am, but uh, I think you'd probably find it interesting, especially coupled with the whole relationship situation. So, yeah. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> Most polite way of saying nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I'm definitely getting you that PlayStation card, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and I look forward to spending on some stupid Call of Duty game that yeah, I don't, no, don't no. even want. <laughs> uh, so was that your third selection there, Dave? Yeah, it was. Okay. Um, 
again, uh, puzzles not really my thing, but I'm gonna go back again to another classic, um, King's Quest V. I don't know if you ever played the King's Quest games. Uh, they were on computers. Um, They're relatively popular when we were growing up. And uh, these were pretty notorious for you'd have to root around and they'd always have these funky different ways that you use items you collect throughout the game to solve puzzles from shaking a tambourine at a snake to get the move from a pathway to, you know, convincing an army of ants to find a needle in a haystack. Like it was a goofy fairy tale game, but the one puzzle to it that stood out to me was there's a section of the game where you, you get a pie, you get this custard pie and there's an option where you can eat it. And if you eat it an hour and a half later in the game, you encounter this Yeti that comes charging at you. It's literally the only quick time event in the entire game. And you're supposed to go into your inventory, select the pie and throw it at the Yeti by clicking on him real quick. <laughs> now, the thing about it is if you had eaten the pie, you can't complete this portion of the game. It's just <laughs> another fuck you. Like you just wasted hours of your life. And this was before autosave and backtracking. Like it was basically wherever you saved, that was it you were stuck so and for whatever reason i remember like being a little kid picking up one of those stupid strategy guides that just has random game facts in it and just reading it a bunch when you know you're a little kid and you're just you know video games are exciting to me so i just read this thing non-stop and there was a pro tip in there saying like king's quest five like don't eat the damn pie because you're gonna need this later on and that was literally the only reason that i was able to complete this this portion of the game as a kid was because I happened to read that stupid pro tip and remembered it for whatever reason, when I got to that portion of the level, but I love the, the level of spite that allows you to completely fuck up your save and your game by just eating something that you wouldn't think anything of in most games. So don't you kind of think that's funny? Cause now the internet is so easy to access. You can find the questions to any of these games so quickly. And yet the the whole concept you're talking about there where developers would just throw in an insanely random thing that you would never know unless you like to a talk to a friend or read a magazine. They don't have those anymore. They, they have those for like the side quests of certain games, but nobody throws that stuff into like, you have to, you have to have that random thing to complete like a big chunk of this game. It's just not part of it, how games it doesn't are. break your game basically. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's game breaking. Because it is game breaking. You, yeah, because you could be like, "Ooh, I love pie," you know, and you're just like, yeah, "I eat pie." Like and those like, those maps we were talking about earlier, where you had to go a certain direction, or like, just um, I don't know. There's things in like a Quest for Glory that were kind of like that, where it's just like, if you didn't, if you didn't find somebody or some random resource to figure it out, you were screwed. I'm pretty sure the same people make Quest for Glory, so um very yeah, I, similar level yeah. of spite but um yeah no it, you, you're dead on i think that's why it sticks with me and i think that's why even though i've played an immense amount of games in between this one and now um that have puzzle elements to them i mean hell any adventure game has a puzzle to it it's just i think the reason they aren't as memorable to me is because they didn't instill any childhood trauma because i was able to just hop on my phone and just be like how the fuck do i get through this <laughs> or like at the very least find a hint you know something to point me in the right direction versus 
you know, back then it, it really was, unless you had that super nerdy kid who just knew everything about video games or subscription in Nintendo power or rich parents that let you call the phone line constantly for answers. Like you were just stuck. So as like on, on the topic, um, I make it a point, like a, like I do not look at a puzzle solution in a puzzle game until I am completely stumped. And, um, it goes one of two ways. Every single time I end up giving, throwing in the towel and, and most of the puzzle games that I finish, I don't use a puzzle guide for at all. Like I beat the witness without a puzzle talus principle. I mean, I could go off on all the, you know, but there are a lot of games I have had it like for one or two puzzles. I've had to refer to this guy, like online internet. It goes one of two ways. It's either I'm like, how the fuck am I so stupid that I didn't figure that out? It was so obvious. Or it's like, what were the what were the developers thinking that it doesn't make any sense like i'm looking at the solution i'm watching online and i'm still like this is bullshit like that's not logical uh there's no logic (laughs) (laughs) throwback phrase and like modern action games the puzzles are all very very easy um i was thinking back to witcher 3 there isn't really a puzzle in that game where it was difficult for me i didn't have to look anything up it was just a matter of like having attempted like two or three tries uh skyrim's puzzles were all jokes um and then cyberpunk's hacking puzzles were all jokes i mean those spider-man spider-man <laughs> like so i think they're they're all easy now because of those experiences that you know like matt went through where you know where you just some kid ate the pie and then stopped playing the game <laughs> because he couldn't go past it. They never bought another King's Quest game again. <laughs> at at yeah. the risk of not being the get off my lawn old guy, like there is that element now too where a lot of games, it's like if you fail at a certain amount of times, it'll just prompt you and say like, do you just want to skip this? <laughs> like, which... We'll start dropping hints. It, but, I and I can... I, I used to be a huge, like, I used to hate that thing. But the one thing I'll say that's kind of neat is you see games are a bit more even throughout um because i feel like before that started becoming a regular thing a lot of games are super front-loaded where like everything was thrown in to make sure you got really into the game right away otherwise like you you know they just assume you'd stop playing so it's a way to keep people going and that way like i'm experiencing more and more adventure and action games where like the middle portion and even the end are a bit more exciting than they once were so i mean there is a give and take to it but yeah uh definitely nothing on the level of just being completely punished and saying like yeah you wasted your life how does it feel <laughs> could have been outside playing instead you you ate the pie <laughs> and then burnt like two hours <laughs> and i can't get it back uh, so brutal. uh did God of War have any puzzles in that game? I'm trying to think. I mean, there's definitely puzzles. Um, again, yeah. not, none of them really stumped me or took much yeah. time really to it. Um, there is one puzzle that was on my honorable mention list from a God of War game that was actually from the first one. Um, that It's a, another super simple, straightforward puzzle, but all it is is you find an area where there's like a pyre with flames on it and you get some message saying like you need to sacrifice something 
and you go into another section where there's a Spartan warrior in a cage and basically you just kick push this guy in a cage up into the fire and sacrifice him into it and uh it stood out to me like only because um apparently this was censored in the japanese and european uh versions of the game where it was like a zombie so like you didn't feel bad about just throwing it into the fire versus the american one (laughs) it's this guy pleading for his life and you're just kind of like do 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 shoving about the thing wow. i'm kratos <laughs> um well i guess um one honorable mention would be portal 2 which i played with jack um on the co-op part and that was a lot of fun um but for the life of me i can't figure out any puzzles that really like stuck out enough for me to remember him but the whole game was I, just I thought- uh it was just a lot of fun because it was a co-op puzzle, you know, so you, you had to kind of like work with each other. And there's a few times where I think like both of us like nudged each other in the right direction. So pretty fulfilling on that end. I thought a lot about that game as I was preparing for this, trying to come up with a puzzle. Um, but it was a long time ago. And um, one thing I'll say about Portal 2 is I had that amazing experience playing with you and I ended up beating the co-op um she's like i don't know eight or nine years ago but then like four years ago i went back to the game and i played through the whole um solo campaign and it's it's freaking fantastic uh and i almost considered the easiest puzzle in the game for this one where you basically use spoiler uh you you use the moon you shoot your portal into the moon and you kill the bad guy uh by by sending through a portal and he flies out into space it's pretty fun that's cool that's pretty cool uh jack did you have any other honorable mention ones i know this is your forte um, so you know there's a lot i could come up with but um those those were the ones that really kind of spoke to me and uh i don't want my wife to laugh at me anymore so (laughs) all right well real quick why don't we go through what do you think the most difficult puzzle in a video game you've completed was without cheating um well See, that's a tough one because I find that um, the most difficult puzzles that I've played are often the worst constructed. A good puzzle is one that is designed to really challenge you and make you think, but it should be to a point where you can complete it. Um, now, there's some puzzles that I just haven't been, uh, like I played a game called The Bridge, um, which the puzzles just got too hard for me, and I don't fault that game for being too hard i just wasn't smart enough but i guess that's i guess that's kind of how i um the most the most difficult puzzle uh game i've probably ever completed without using a guide um probably the talus principle just through the sheer and i I did a lot of stuff outside of the main game too um there's only like two things that couldn't complete in that game and and that was a huge uh, accomplishment for me uh i love that game so Wait, cool. What about you, Dave? That I that I couldn't finish. No, like the toughest or, puzzle you felt that you completed in the game without uh, cheating. Probably, probably all of Catherine. I mean, just to touch base back on it, because you can't look up a, a way to get through those. You know, like so you have to really like pay attention to what you're doing and like bounce back onto your experience. 
having died like the previous 10 times. Um, and also like what, what techniques that they set you up because every level they kind of try to introduce a new technique such as like the spiral or, you know, like pushing blocks out to get like another level down closer to you. So uh, that, that's been my biggest accomplishment as far as like puzzle games, like even just playing any video game. Like I consider that one of my higher ups of finishing because it's truly more mental, more mental than it is reaction, but you need to react because you've got a, a dead baby you know, chasing after you, who's trying to kill you, or the blocks just fall out from underneath you after a certain point of time. So, I mean, you got to think fast. Uh, you have to, you have to rely on the techniques that the game teaches you. Uh, you have to keep calm. You know, you also have to, you know, and you can't look anything up. You really can't. You can't go onto a website and be like, "How do I get past this part?" And say, "Just get good." You know. So, I mean, for me, Catherine was like the ultimate puzzle game, you know, and one of my favorite games I've played and I don't even like puzzle games. So it's just a testament to it really. Way cool. Yeah. Uh, the one I would say for myself, uh, would probably be, there's a water, a water test in uh, resident evil three is the one that, um, uh, popped up on a number of lists when I was kind of doing my research for this one. And, uh, that's another one where it's like a random assortment of blocks basically. And you have to um, arrange them in a way to fit a code. I don't remember it being that difficult. Um, but again, it made a number of lists of different bloggers and whatnot mentioning it as one of the tougher puzzles out there. And I'm sure if I went back and asked my brother, I'm probably rage quit at it and broke controllers and screamed the holy hell about it. So, um, yeah, I know I completed it. I know that I wasn't looking up cheats on the internet back then. So, uh, I would say that. It's such a gratifying moment, though, when there is that challenging puzzle and you have that aha moment. And sometimes it makes you feel really stupid. You're like, why didn't I think of it? But every now and then it's just like, whoa, that was cool. Yeah. See, Catherine did that for me on all those levels, you know, where it's like, oh, I got stuck on one part and all I had to do was this. Or, you know, it's like, hey, I got through this and I feel great for doing it, you know, so even if it was a hard yeah, way. It's definitely a, a much more fast-paced version of what I just described because that's <laughs> just aha. It's like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> And then you're on to the next problem. You yeah. know? Like, oh. Excellent. Well, way cool. I always appreciate touching base with you gentlemen. Um, I believe that we've covered puzzles and I'm sure we'll come back to it because I know, Jack, you're not going to stop playing them. And uh, I'll have to start paying more attention to the ones I encounter in the types of games that I normally play, because uh, I know that I can come up with more that have plagued me than ones that only haunted my dreams in my youth. So I will certainly look forward to the next time we get together and discuss our next topic. In the meantime, Cyberpunk hacking puzzles, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>